Welcome back to Thrive, your agency resource. Today we're talking about something very, very valuable in my opinion. Um, we're answering the question, why do clients end agency relationships? And my guest today is Trisha Atkins. She's founder of Walker Stanley Communications, uh, basically a fractional integrated marketing team for small to mid-sized organizations, uh, nonprofits, things along those lines. She's based in Boulder, Colorado. She and I met at SearchCon, um, mm-hmm. one of the uh, conferences out in Breckenridge several years ago. And I think over the course of time, and I hope you agree with this, but over the course of time, we, we kind of discovered that we are very much aligned in terms of personal development and mm-hmm. um, really addressing our clients' needs. So I want to welcome you to the show and thanks so much for being here. You're very welcome. Happy to be here. So what's interesting about this conversation is that why I felt like you were really the the perfect person to have it with me is that you've really been on both sides. You've been client side, you've been agency owner side, um, and you've been agency side as an employee. So you've really seen it from all different aspects. Why do you believe, um, or what, what do you believe is the reason why clients end these relationships with agencies. I know you have a, a thought that it's kind of twofold, um, but what, it, what are those twofold reasons? Well, I think some of it is just relational. Like, do, does the client still have trust with the agency? Do they still feel the agency is confident? Can they deliver on the needs? Is there transparency? Like, are they, do they, uh, is the agency giving the client access to accounts that that the agency has built for the client. So part of it is just kind of a subjective, relational. The other part is more quantitative. Are they delivering the results that the company needs? Are they getting the leads that they need? Are they getting the kind of social media traction or online traction that they need? So it's, I think it is twofold. So I'm hearing you say relationships and ROI. It's got to mm-hmm. be a, a mix of the two, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we talked about recently was the fact that there is this, um, we'll call it a growth gap, okay? Mm. So as we grow as agencies, um, the clients that have historically been our bread and butter, the ones that we thought were ideal or the ones that would just pay us some money, right? (laughs) Especially if we're early on in agency world. Um, As we up-level in terms of our agencies, those client criteria, um, the client criteria, the client demographic, what those ideal clients look like starts to change. And so we may have some of those historically bread and butter clients that are no longer a good fit for our agencies. Nobody wants to have this conversation, right? Um, So let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot of loyalty to those clients that we all got when we were first starting out. They, they believed in us, they invested in us, mm-hmm. they hired us, they supported us, not only financially, but also probably emotionally. Like they gave us the confidence to grow the agency and expand and go pursue that next client. So there's a loyalty there and a gratitude. Right. But at some point, as you grow and as you move up market and you start looking at your systems and your processes and what can you, what can you deliver well and efficiently and make money at, 
sometimes that doesn't include those clients from the early days. Right. And you still have, an, I think, an obligation to support them well and communicate with them well that if, if you're not willing to continue to support them in the unique way that you did when you started, then maybe you have, have a conversation about finding a new agency to support them or another way to support them right. Right. without you. And it's tough. Like you don't want to give up on the relationship. I mean, you don't want to walk away from the relationship for the loyalty. You don't want to walk away from the revenue, even though it's small. It's tough. You need to have that conversation because it's your reputation as well. Right. If you, if you ignore and neglect them, it erodes your reputation. Yeah. So why I thought about this as a growth gap is because I think that it's a very important conversation to have with those legacy clients mm-hmm. to be honest, to say, you know, we are growing and you've certainly helped with that growth. Um, We want to support you in the best way. And honestly, the best way that we can support you might actually be to help you transition to another agency, the one that can better support you because our, you know, maybe our core services have kind of evolved or maybe we're set up in a way that um, our, our pricing model is no longer going to fit your budget, you know, whatever those conversations are. But yeah, having the respect for that client to have that really difficult conversation, I think they will appreciate it more than uh, the angst that you might be feeling about having the conversation. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm smiling because it feels like a breakup. You know, you're breaking up with hundred percent. Nobody wants friend. to be the one who breaks up. <laughs> no, they don't. Right? No, right? They don't. It's not a good feeling, but the thing is you're really being compassionate in that moment and you're being respectful and you're honoring the fact that you've had this, this great relationship together. Hopefully it was great. Um, you've been through a lot of things together, especially if it's a legacy client you've had for years. And what better way to honor that than to say, you know what, we we're no longer um, the right fit for one another, but we, we respect you so much and we value the relationship so much that we want to help you seamlessly and hopefully flawlessly transition to someone else who can better support you. Yeah. It's a, it just, it's an integrity and a communication issue. Yeah. So there was um, a webinar that you were telling me about that you had recently watched and it was about over committing. Yeah. And uh, there were a couple of, you know, a couple of examples that the, uh, the person who was doing the webinar kind of shared with you. But I think um, what the takeaway for me was when you were sharing it was how that overcommitting, that being that yes agency, really results in a lot of stress in our lives. So I want to I hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, it was a brilliant point that I'm guilty of, but I have never been called out on it. So the, the guy's name is Chris Valentin, and he was talking about setting boundaries with clients and talking about and serving, the, serving them well with integrity and watching out for overcommitting. So if a client comes to you and says, I need this job in two days, and you know that it's a five, it takes you five days to deliver quality and result, mm. you need you need to stand up to the client and say, this is a five-day job. I won't be able to do it. He says it builds trust with clients because you, you're so committed to delivering value and a quality end result um, that you have to stand up and say it's a five-day turnaround. Right. And it, but he said the, the overcommitting that we all do in our work and our personal lives creates a lot of stress. I'm like, that's a brilliant point. I'm so guilty of that. And I need to stop. And 
I don't know. It was just kind of a light bulb. It was just, it, just a brilliant thought. Yeah. So, one of the other things that it does um, on the positive side, so on the negative side, it creates stress, um, but on the positive side, what it does is it really sets more realistic expectations with that client. So if you do that in that moment, when you have the, the difficult conversation again, um, yeah. to say, this is a five-day turnaround, we want to deliver the highest value for you. Um, we're proud of the work that we deliver for you, and we want to continue to do that this is the situation. It's a five day turnaround. And, you know, let's, mm -hmm. let's be real about that. The next time that they have something that's similar, they're going to have that in their mind to know, oh, the last time I asked for this, this agency was honest with me and said it was a five day thing. So now when I request it, I'm going to say, hey, I've got this thing that I need done. Yeah. I know last time you said it was five days. Is it, it look at the scope. Is it going to be five days again? That's a very different way to approach it from the client side, right? But you're the one as the agency um, who is sort of in control of that. And you're setting those parameters and those boundaries with the client and then setting their expectations. You're changing their behavior, right? Yeah, it's client, it's uh, what they call it, client management. Setting client management, client <laughs> training. <laughs> but it also creates respect, right? They're not gonna treat you like a commodity, like you're just exactly. whatever engine for whatever digital marketing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all know the damage, the damage of, of uh, over committing and under delivering is real. Yeah, absolutely. It drives your team crazy. Mm. You know, they, they come to work and they've got their to do list or, you know, whatever it is, maybe you're an agile agency and you've got sprints, whatever it is. Um, you can't mess up that workflow. I mean, your people want to be focused and deliver good work. They want to be proud of what they're doing. And, you know, you as the agency leader or manager or whoever's agreeing to these crazy timelines, um, you're driving your team crazy and you're going to actually notice more employee attrition because of it, right? Because they don't feel like their work and their time is being respected. They feel like it's being controlled um, just because you want to make a client happy. And it, there's no real good that comes out of that. Right? Yes, absolutely true. So one of the things um, as we uh, we're starting to wrap up here is we have to realize who we are as agencies, right? Like what, what purpose do we serve or what, how do we fit in with our clients? So agencies become this sort of extension of the marketing team, right? So as agencies, we also need to start developing the self-awareness of really tapping into understanding, are we, are we delivering the value? Are we continuing to support our primary contact in that marketing department, making them look like the rock star? Um, are we doing all of those things? If we feel at any point in that situation where I don't know if we're, we're really doing that. Like, I can't believe the client hasn't brought up to the, us yet that they're not happy. I can't believe that that, you know, that they're satisfied with what's been going on because we know intuitively um, that we're not giving them the same attention that we used to give them when we were younger or a smaller agency, right? So being on both sides of it, client and agency side, what's the best piece of advice that you would give, um, you know, leave these, these agency leaders who are listening and watching to this? What's the best piece of advice that you would give to really 
um, change that or to become more self-aware. Yeah, Kelly, you raise a really good point. I think if you have an inkling that you're not delivering at a level that you know you should be, then the client probably knows it too. You're probably picking that up from the client. Yeah. They just haven't had that discussion with you. And they may not until they're firing the you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for right. sure, for sure. But I think you also raised a really good point about what exactly does the client need? There's the kind of quantitative piece that we started out this conversation with. Like, are you delivering whatever it is, the social, the web, the strategy, the metrics, the ROI. Yeah. There's that whole piece, but there's also a piece about your primary contact and what do they need? And a lot of times it might not be marketing. It might be making them look good and at their next executive presentation. It might be helping them figure out, find resources for another piece of their business. When you really stop and look at and get to know them on a very intentional level, and consider like what's on their plate. Are they completely overwhelmed? Mm. Then don't go and just deliver a bunch of, here's a to-do list. Let me add to your plate. How can I, how can I support you in ways that are kind of beyond the obvious? So Mm -hmm. appreciate where kind of appreciate your client from where they sit. What's Mm. on their plate? Are they dealing with personnel issues? Is a company being acquired or sold? I mean, there's a lot of other dynamics they don't think about marketing or you 24 seven, the way you might think about them. You know, right. We're not often their top priority. We're just a, a piece of the puzzle. So try to think about your client from where they sit and what, what does their world look like and how can you come alongside them and serve them well and support them? Yeah. And that reminds me of just really, really in-depth and really good buyer persona development, right? Like understanding mm-hmm. what's important to these people, what what's their mindset, what's their motivation? Um, how could you best support them in their role? How could you take things off of your plate? But at the end of this, I really feel like what you're saying is that it's not just about checking in with your clients and with your primary contacts. It's about being really intentional about it not coming to that situation or, or that phone call or, or sending an email where you're trying to covertly upsell them on something like, oh, what other projects do you have down the pipeline, right? Um, it's really about being intentional about it. And um, what, what does that check-in, what is that phone call or in-person meeting or video call, what does that sound like to you having been on the client side? Yeah, I, I feel like it's a very honest and transparent, intentional phone call, sometimes without being scheduled. And it definitely doesn't have any other business agenda items attached to it. Mm. It's simply as I'm checking in, how are things going? Are we supporting you well? Are we delivering the value that you need? Is there anything else we can do? Because to get back to the beginning of the call, a lot of times the client doesn't want to have the difficult conversation either. Right. So by checking in, a few times a year. And really this is across all industries. Your financial advisors should be doing it. The marketing people should be doing it. You know, all sorts of consultants should be checking in with their clients and just, how are you doing? Is there anything else we can do? That kind of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is great. Super, super valuable. I think um, hopefully we can save a couple of relationships or or at least um, help some of these agency leaders who are thinking about this and realizing that with 
with up-leveling of their agency, with growth, there is this gap. And, and maybe this is um, certainly a way that they can either support the client better or help them transition out. So thank you so much for the conversation today. I really appreciate it. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.